there, folks, and welcome to Podcast of the Week for this very week, the week of total non-stop deletion, which aired last night and was fairly insane. Kind of nuts. I would prefer some more wacky teams, but we got plenty of wacky teams, and it was it was it was all very good fun. If you haven't seen any of it, you can't watch it on TNA's YouTube because they've broken it up into thirty separate clips. And I would not usually endorse piracy, but when they make it that difficult to actually watch in retrospect, go 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 watch it wherever you can find it. It's their fault for not making it available. Anyway, that's a, a weird random aside to start a podcast with. Total nonstop deletion. It's been a fun week. No episode last week, but you know, Christmas, Christmas and work and Christmas. Christmas involves a great deal of activities and you need things, buying people presents, doing a sort of Christmas activities. I'm going to see It's a Wonderful Life next week. That is a, a kind of tentpole Christmas film. Looking forward to that. It's, it's it's not quite a yearly tradition. I think it's like a once every three years tradition because the local cinema that's housed in a old church shows it every year and I think it's free to show every year. It's out of out of copyright, so that people can do whatever the hell they want with it. I can set up a showing of that film if I like. I'm pretty sure I could play you any piece of audio from that film I like. Because no one owns the copyright to it anymore. Nonetheless, we're going to see that next week. I hope everyone is having a nice Christmas period, even whether you not you celebrate Christmas. Christmas is a secular holiday now, anyway. It's the best thing about like the consumer nature of Christmas these days. It's, it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with Jesus, but it has nothing to do with Jesus. On the show this week, Barry's back, and we're talking about Thor 2. Welcome back to Podcast of Week. The second film in the second phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is also the second Thor film, Thor Dark World, and returning to talk about it is not the second Barry, it's still the first Barry, but Barry. It is just me, number one, version one uh, of, of Barry is here to talk about Thor 2, which I am actually just seeing for the first time, as I believe we said last, uh, last time we were on the show together. Here this is, I believe, first MCU film that we've discussed where uh, I've been watching it for the first time as part of this show. So, so the first time this came around, you were like, "Nah." Yeah, I like I skipped Iron Man three when it was first in theaters. I watched it significantly later after the fact, and then I skipped this one outright. Just did not uh, did not watch it. I feel like this was around the time I was I was feeling that burnout a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, this was a first timer for me. Indeed. Before we get into it, pretty much everyone is back from the first Thor. Yeah. Bar. The, the person who plays one of his pals, Josh Dallas, couldn't do it because of commitments to Once Upon a Time. So they went back to Zach Levi, who was famous for Chuck, who couldn't do it originally for Thor because of Chuck. So it, it kind of came full, full circle. It's like someone else can't do it because of a TV commitment. So you got the job. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I actually, I, I didn't even really notice, to be honest. I did, it, it, looked, it looked to me like every all the important people were there, you know. Yeah, poor Thor's buddy pals take a big backseat in this film, don't they? Yeah, they they because I thought uh, based on that opening battle scene with the girl, I was like, is maybe this is going to be you know renewed emphasis on on her or or the the team in general. But but the opposite was actually true. It's pretty much for the second half. It's pretty much a Thor Loki uh, thing. Actually, you mentioned the, the Lady Sif, isn't it? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> random Thor names. But yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's there's portions of this film where where her and Natalie Portman give each other like evil looks and yeah and, and that doesn't go anywhere unless i'm mistaken yeah it seems like there's like those scenes were accidentally left in when a subplot was dropped yeah very odd i feel like this was i feel like this was kind of a film of two halves 
I, I understood this film to be somewhat divisive, probably more maligned among people I know who, who, who've seen it. Uh, for the first half, I was like, I was actually way into it. I thought it was pretty dang great. Uh, you know, the humor was still there. I liked, even though they were still somewhat generic, with uninteresting motivations. I thought the Dark Elves were cool-looking, and I liked their ships and stuff. I thought the um, attacking ships, like the space battles, for lack of a better term, around the halfway point of the film, were very cool, very Star Wars-esque. Indeed. Uh, really that, enjoyed them. That, that fantastic scene where, where Idris Elba takes down a ship with a pair of knives. Yes! That was really badass. Yeah, that was great. It's just like, you have uh, your alien spaceships, I have my knives. Which is going to win. Yeah. And it was great, because I think one of the problems with the first film was people were like, eh, Idris Elba didn't really do anything, and he's great. Uh, so they, they gave him a little something here, which is good. Um, but and, but just really, in sort of the quintessential MCU way, I was just really digging the film, and then it just like kept going, you know? It just it kept going and going and going, uh, which was a bummer. But uh, I was really digging it for that first half. Mm. We had our, our main villain this time, our weird generic man villain, played by Christopher Eccleston, which is, I don't know, I, the first time I saw this film, I didn't even realize it was Christopher Eccleston. Right. And this time, I still knew it was Christopher Eccleston, and I'm like, you can kind of hear it in his voice, but now you still don't really know it's Christopher Eccleston. Not a, not a hugely, he didn't have much to work with, if you know what I mean. It ain't, uh, it ain't a, a very fleshed out. Uh, role that that, I, that an actor could really sink their teeth into, you know. I'm pretty sure he has like four lines in English in the whole film. I did, I did appreciate that they did uh, that when they're on their own, uh, they are not speaking English because, of course, they wouldn't. Yeah. You know, uh, I appreciate that, and also they didn't bother subtitling it, which is fine because it's. I feel like it's not really important. It's just like here, here they are. They're they're colluding. They're being evil. You yes. know, that's. I'm you an don't evil need man. To... I'm angry. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what these characters are, so so who cares? Just just go with it. But uh, yeah, that was that was a nice little touch. You know, I think I think they were I think their designs were pretty gnarly, you know, in a good way. Not, uh, kind of, they weren't too cliche, typical fantasy elves. You know, they had a little bit of uniqueness to them, and, and they looked kind of cool. So yeah, I was I was into them. We actually we, we talked about the opening logo a couple couple episodes ago. Mm. And where they changed it to Doctor Strange to a bunch of live action clips, and they did change it. I think this was the first time they really changed it for this film, where it was kind of a, a, a rotating cube with with Marvel comics going through it, which was, it was better than the Doctor Strange one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, I, I didn't notice any subtle changes just for this one, but I I did actually think as they as it was playing, I was like, oh yeah, this was this is so much better than the new one. Yeah, it's just like, come on, guys, stop stop making things. Don't don't fix what's not broken. Yeah, but I I, I want to say this, but I'm not entirely certain. But is this the first MCU film to have an Irish actor in it? Uh, yeah, you know what's his name, O'Dowd, Chris O'Dowd, uh, Chris O'Dowd. That was it. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's probably actually. You know, what? that's a great <laughs> pub quiz question. Yeah. Um. This oh. is the kind of research you should probably do. Before. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't think of another one. No. Uh, I'm sure there's. Pl- there's probably plenty of, of actors who, who claim Irish heritage, but uh, in terms of straight off the streets of Dublin, I, I don't believe there's been another one prior to this. I, I actually can't remember the last thing I've seen Chris O'Dowd in, besides like he was in, Yeah, I was, I was trying to, he's, he's popped up a few places in the last few years, but nothing significant. Also, just funnily enough, uh, other than his phone call later on in the, in the film, this, this was another little thread that kind of went nowhere, you know, his, uh, his appearance. Um... I I didn't expect during the initial date scene. I did not expect him to show up later, 
But then when they did the phone call scene, I was like, oh, they brought him back. That's weird. I wonder if he'll return, like, a third time to kind of tie this whole thing up. And uh, not really. They're clearly saying that for the Thor sequel. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he, he plays a key role in, in the Infinity War. Which I'm, <laughs> Chris O'Dowd saves the day. It's like, yeah, yeah, that random guy whose name I don't even remember from this film that I watched this morning. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, he's the sixth Infinity Stone. Oh yeah, they actually, you mentioned Infinity Stones. I think this is the first they're actually named, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I was when I watched the post credit scene. I was, I was asking myself if that was the case. Uh, again, probably could have researched it, but I didn't. But I do believe this is the uh, first time. Also, as I had not seen this film before, I wasn't aware of the uh, of the post credit scene, and I, I thought it was all right. Uh, well, the first one specifically with the collector. I thought that was an interesting little nod, considering at that time we had not yet gotten to Guardians of the Galaxy, so that was, a, that was an interesting little scene. Yeah, and it's 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 universe building, which is what the mo- the better post credit scenes build the universe a little, as opposed to the kind of here's a little whimsical one off scene. Yeah, yeah. Although one thing I uh, one thing I will say is that nitpicking, but I, I find their rationale of you know we can't have all the Infinity Stones in one place. That's fine. I don't know why they gave it to what is essentially a, a well-known pawn shop, though. Yeah, that that uh, doesn't seem like a good security strategy. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, it's, if if you wanted to have the collector have one of them, because obviously he would have one, that's fine. But having him presented one by the Asgardians for safekeeping just seemed odd, you know. Though, in fairness, you wouldn't keep them in Asgard, because as this film kind of displays, Asgardian soldiers are the worst. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they didn't do a great job on, on this one. They're terrible. They get mown down just by, by the, the sheerest of, of movements. It's like something they're just like, walks up to them, down they go. They're like stormtroopers with good guys. Yeah, which is rare for the good guy. Usually the good guys are valiant and heroes, but nah. They're just slaughtered yeah. in this film. They're getting wrecked in this film, yeah. It's like the Lord of the Rings principle. It's like if you're not a main character, you just get mown down by the villains. Yeah, this film, this film had quite a body count, actually, relative to other uh, MCU films, I feel. Yeah, it's just like half of Asgard is dead by the end of this film. Yeah, and there's just scenes of spaceships crashing through halls, people running away, but they're obviously getting caught under rubble. You know, yeah, it, it's pretty pretty sizable. This film, by the way, was directed by Alan Taylor, who most people don't uh, know, but if, if you've watched the television show in the last 15 years, you've watched something he's directed. Oh, really? Because he's directed episodes of Lost, The West Wing, Six Feet Under, Sex in the City, The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Boardwalk Empire, Deadwood, and Mad Men. Damn. Good resume. Yeah, so that's like literally every kind of tentpole television show since the year 2000. He's directed some of it. Yeah, some HBO names in there and stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good list. Clearly his his career has gone off the rails because he most recently directed Terminator Genesis. Oh, well... They can't all be when you when you work as much as this guy seemingly does. You can't. They can't all be winners. No, I I, I actually, I'm actually I'm being very very mean. I, I haven't actually seen that film. I just know people think it's bad. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. I I didn't see it. You know, uh, at the behest of everyone else who was burying it. So this film has some some terrible Marvel cliches. The villain does get captured on purpose. The big monster guy gets captured and then unleashes himself on Asgard. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. And we saw. I mean. In the timeline of things, that was... I mean, Loki did that, what, just two films ago? Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That's he's, a bummer. He's literally standing in the prison watching it happen again himself. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that was an intentional callback, but still. Uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned, you know, even though the, I mean, the Dark Elves are kind of cool, you know, still just a kind of generic, uninteresting evil force. 
with you know these movies. I mean, perhaps I'd expect too much, but it's always just the bad guys want to do unspeakably evil things just because that's just the way they are. You know, that's like that's about the crux of of, of it every time. That's, so, yeah, uh, this, this film's kind of particularly bad about that, isn't it? Though it's just like these are bad guys; they want evil thing, blow up Earth. Yeah, and uh, what's uh, what's her face? Natalie Portman be- becomes the MacGuffin. Yep, you know, for half the film, which I uh, I guess that's a change to the formula, but not really. No, no. not really. We also have a uh, uh, mommy Thor. Does she have a name? I don't remember her name. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, so I was watching. I couldn't remember. Was she in the first one? I I do remember someone lying by the bed of of Odin so I'm pretty sure she was in it in some capacity but she certainly wasn't a major character yeah yeah which is a shame so so when she died I was like oh that's you know I thought it was a good scene and I was like I can't I don't remember anything about this character prior to I mean the only lasting thought I have of her is that scene in the cell with Loki which was that thing to write home about yeah. Uh, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of when the film kind of lost me a little bit. I thought that scene was good, and then after that, I felt like it just kind of kept going. Yeah, but, um, it was played by Rene Russo, who was also in Thor, so yeah, she, it, was, it was the same actor and all. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So uh, so that was a, uh, a thing. I uh, I actually had quite the I had quite the Anthony Hopkins-themed day today, actually, because I finished Westworld. Uh, so I saw a lot of Anthony Hopkins today. But, uh, but yeah, he was, you know, solid again in this film. I don't think it'll be in his highlight reel when he is getting a lifetime achievement award from the Academy, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was alright. <laughs> Him on top of that horse and from the first film, that shot of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we were talking in the the Avengers episode about like them cynically killing off a character, yeah, and they're like they they looked around as like who's most disposable, yeah, and it I feels mean, like technically. Technically, she's like this big character because she's the mother. But like, when, like, as our discussion just proves, like, was she even in the first one? We don't know. Let's look at the credits. I mean, it's like it is a uh, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a it's a it's another great example of that. Really, I think that's one of the through lines of all these episodes is, is we've kind of really picked up on that. And yeah, it's like we'll give her a few more lines just so people are like, oh, she's dead. But then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a yeah. It wasn't as much of an event as it could have been if they. If if they thought ahead of time and 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 built her up in the first one, it might have been. So you said the the film went off the rails for you after like the the invasion of Asgard. I don't know that it so much went off the rails. I I didn't feel like there was a thing they did wrong that 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 kind of killed the film for me. But it was just I feel like most of these films are slightly too long, and and this one just was really starting to drain the energy out of me. Uh, I just feel like it could have been tighter, and I I was. My attention was really drifting in, in the big climactic, you know, uh, action. Uh, so again, overall, I would say I was generally kind of pleasantly surprised with this, based on some negative reviews. But uh, yeah, just it just could have been tighter and 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 uh, a little bit, maybe a little more focused. Some of the fact could have been trimmed out a little bit. Uh, but you know, overall, it was it was solid. I thought. Because I was going to say, I think my favorite bit of this film is that little bit in the middle where it's basically a Thor and Loki buddy cop film. Yes. And like, yeah. yeah, it's jokes and they're 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 throwing barbs at each other and fake betrayals and, and fair fake enough. Fake betrayal, the, right. The big death thing at the end you, you don't buy for a second, but I don't think you're really supposed to No, no no. It's weird. Um, it's like we know Loki's not dead. We we've done this before in the first Thor film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this I mean, as we've established, you know, uh they are they, they do run around in, in circles a little bit. 
Actually, my my favorite gag in this entire film is when Thor hangs his hammer onto the onto the the coat hook. Yeah, I was like, wait, should that break or something? Well, uh, th- yeah, that the, the the physics of this hammer have not yet been established in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, who cares? It's magic. Yeah, because when it, when it's on top of each someone, it's obviously like immeasurably heavy because they can't move it at all. So it should drag the yeah. hammer down, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's maybe it's like it's tied to his will or something, you know. That that would make perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we have a little Shreddy's product placement as well. Did we? Did you not see the Shreddy's product placement? You know, toward the end when they're sitting around the table talking about when Thor will come back. Yeah, just a big box of Shreddy's sitting on the table. I completely missed that. Wow, it's usually the type of thing that annoys me. That's weird. It's like God damn it, Nestle! You get near the Shreddy's <laughs> in the film. Uh, had a Stanley cameo as well, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, again, a nice little little joke. Uh, yeah, it was a solid, solid, you know, scene. Pantsless Eric Selvig. Yeah, quite the direction they took with him in this one. It was, you know, it was amusing enough, I guess. You know, I don't, I, I was, I didn't think it was bad, the bad comedy, but I feel like it, the film wasn't maybe as funny. As, uh, as the first one. And I, I would question the logic of why isn't Hawkeye also acting like that? Yes, yeah. Although I guess he is a stronger-willed person. That's typically the logic in, in scenarios like this. Yes. Suck it, Stellan Skarsgård, you. I'm going to look up to make sure he's Swedish. Swedish weakly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he could have been from anywhere in Scandinavia. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. See, I... I, I like, this is a, a... It's a pleasantly affable, kind of inessential film. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll watch it ever again. I would comfortably skip it if ever I was kind of marathoning like my preferred MCU films in preparation or like Infinity War or something. So it'll it'll be uh, it'll be cast aside for sure because other than that post and other than that post credit scene, it's it's completely unimportant to the overall story. So yeah, you know, not offensive, but uh, it it will not be lasting. I don't think in my memory. I feel like we say that about a lot of these films that you could skip them in a marathon. So basically, just like go to the Avengers, <laughs> then go straight to like Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's what I always do. It's like I I had friends who, in preparation for Civil War, went to those crazy uh, marathons that certain cinemas were doing, where they were like pretty much just people just had like a screen rented out for two days with regular like toilet and food breaks. Um, and I was like, dude, forget about the time investment. I have no desire to watch these 12 films, some of which are extremely similar and like boilerplate action summer movies. I would be asleep so fast if I was watching like three of these back to back. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing about the MCU. They have a certain they have a certain benchmark of quality, which is good that they don't go below, which is which is commendable considering how much. But it is it is, you know, the machine. We've said this so many times churning them out and they are just fine. But, you know, inessential. Uh, trying to think what I would what I would include uh, if I was to marathon do these. I'd probably Iron Man one. I'd probably skip Hulk, skip Iron Man two. I've come around to Captain America, so I'd probably watch that. I'd watch all the uh, you know Iron Man one, uh, Hulk. No, wait, I just said I'd skip Hulk. <laughs> Iron Man one, Captain America one, Thor one, and maybe Avengers from Phase one. Uh, probably skip Iron Man three and Thor Dark World and just go straight to Captain America Winter Soldier, wouldn't you? Right, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I think I think if I was actually to sit down with all the films that have come out so far and and make a list, it would probably be like fifty percent of the films would be cast aside. 
which uh, uh, I suppose that's not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad success rate. Yeah, and again, as I said earlier, it's not to say the ones I wouldn't watch are bad. It's just that I would not rewatch them. Much like Thor 2 would not, would not be revisited, but it is not bad. That is a, a wonderful summation of this 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 film. Yeah. I was, I was going to add an adjective, but like the film is so bland, I couldn't really think of a suitable adjective. <laughs> yeah, the... The... Let me see. The inconsequential Thor 2 or something. You know. Yeah, it's a, like the amazing Spider-Man, the inconsequential Thor. That's right. Before we go, Barry, plugs. Uh, yeah, plugs. Uh, Twitter.com slash the Barry Lad is where you can go for... All kind, all varieties of nonsense, but also plugs about uh, you know various things coming up. Uh, Chair Shot Pod on Twitter is my podcast where I'll be talking about the wrestling news and various other things from this week. Uh, so just keep an eye on those two places. Uh, if anything new comes up, I'll be talking about it there. So uh, that's it. And up next is Captain America: The Winter Soldier, the big one, the big one, the maybe the most acclaimed one of the of the lot. Certainly so, for I'm, solo films, anyway. Certainly, yeah. I know. I I really enjoyed this film. I have only seen it once, though, so I'm looking forward to uh, digging back into it. Uh, yeah, and, and certainly some of the best action of the whole universe so far. And hopefully, repeat viewing won't ruin it all for you. I I don't imagine so because I, you know, we talked about my Captain America issues before. I went into that that second one having no admiration at all, really, for the first. And actually, that's kind of what got me a little bit back into the MCU, was I finally caved after everyone said I had to, and watched Winter Soldier, and I was like, okay, this is actually really good. So, uh, I, I imagine that I'm going to be, I will enjoy watching this again. That is the show for this week. Thank you once again to Barry for coming on to talk about Thor 2. Next week, Tanner comes on to talk all the best video games of 2016, so look forward to that. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week right here on SoundCloud.com forward slash TWSKK, which is also the home of Declassified and The Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network or subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at GarrettKidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.